Let's pick up our Bibles and make our confession. And I believe God knows right where we are today. He knows right where you are. He knows where your family is. I mean, he's over there with faith and in South Africa, bless her heart. And uh, I saw her post this week about been here five months. Doesn't even seem that long, you know, just the things God's done. I know Laurel said to me, I sent her away as a, a teenager, you know, a daughter. She'll come back as a woman changed by for the glory of God. Amen. It's just wonderful what God can do. So let's say this. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, it's so simple you can't mess it up. <laughs> well, I guess you can if you're a judge <laughs> or if you're a lawyer. Sorry, Tom, if you're listening to this, my brother's an attorney. <laughs> but he's in South Africa. They don't have the problems we do. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I'm a Christian. Amen. I am a Christian before I'm an American. I will always be a Christian till the day I see Jesus in heaven. And I guess I'll just be living forever worshiping him. So for my life, for your life, if you're a believer today, nothing has changed. Turn to your neighbor and say, settle down. <laughs> nothing has changed. My Bible says God never changes. It's in Malachi. I change not. And by that point, he was so upset with the priest, with the people, all. I mean, he was upset with everybody and he was upset really over marriage. He was upset over the fact that the church had no longer were giving offerings that would help him do what he wanted to do. They were all about themselves. Does that sound familiar? And but he, what he did was he went silent for a lot of years until he sent Jesus. I don't want God to be silent. I don't want him to be silent in my life. I don't want him to be silent in this nation. And so that means the church is going to have to do something. Amen. Uh, I was looking at the newspaper. I had it in my office this morning. I don't think I brought it out. But, you know, uh, five people decided to, that they would redefine marriage. And I like what Franklin Graham said. They didn't define marriage, so how can they redefine marriage? And so uh, I don't go by what they say. I go by what the Word of God says. Now, that never changes the fact that we love everybody. Uh, I have relatives. I'm sure some of you have relatives, friends, that are in a lifestyle that you wish they weren't in. But I also know the Bible says that backbiters and haters and people who are gossips are going to be in big trouble too. Everybody say, thank God I'm not. <laughs> yeah, better make that confession and start working on it. Because we, we tend to judge everything by what we see. But God judges sin as sin. That's just the bottom line. And so when God sees sin, thank God he saw sin in my life, but I repented and Jesus' blood took care of my sin. That's the way it is for everybody in this world. Anybody who will repent, God will rescue them. He will deliver them. So I believe yesterday as I was praying in the church or in the park, <laughs> that's my little church over there. I've, I've kidnapped that part of the park or the river, but the river flooded and flooded me right out of there. Hallelujah. <laughs> I didn't have a boat, so I couldn't go park there. But, uh, you know, the, the word of God becomes so real. And I was thinking in the park, well, what do you tell the people of God? Because I hear what the commentators are saying. After I heard the interview uh, with this Todd Starnes on Fox News with franklin graham and he said at the end well you know pastors are going to have to prepare to do uh marriages that they don't want to do we're going to have to do this and i thought i rebuke that uh, that's not true you have jumped to conclusion based on something that's been done but it's not over till it's over and god hasn't fully weighed in yet 
I want to tell you, God is going to weigh in in a lot of situations all over the earth. Um, Probably because I just came back from Israel and because I've been in other nations. And I looked at Caesarea. And when we went through Caesarea, you know, in, in the Bible, it's a very prosperous place. But then there's these wars that start. And then there's everybody who wants to conquer things. And then there's fighting. And, and what's left of Caesarea is a bunch of ruins. In Jesus' name, that will never happen to America. We will never be a ruined nation because of the wars that could happen in this nation like what happened in, in 2001. But we can be ruined from the inside out. And that's the church's responsibility. We are called of God to stand in a position of authority and dominion. So our role did not change due to the vote of those nine people. Those people are lawyers. They were not voted by anybody except whoever was president at the time nominated them. They have never been voted in by the general public. I don't know where everybody stands today. I don't need to know where they stand. I know where I stand. I know what the church is supposed to stand for, and that's what we're here for, is to say what the church stands for. And that's why I ask them today to do that song, very first thing. The supernatural intervention of God is still available. And that's what the church is going to be in these last days, the supernatural intervention of God in people's lives. You cannot get people delivered with a law, nor can you give them permission to sin with a law. None of those things are applicable. You can try to do it. You can try to stop sin with the law. But God tried that, and it didn't work. Everybody say it didn't work. That's the old covenant. The blood of Jesus was the only thing that could take care of things. So as the remnant, everybody say the remnant. We are the remnant of the church. And that's what God said to me in the park yesterday. Read about the remnant. Read what the remnant does. And so uh, I entitled this message, I Pledge Allegiance. Because allegiance is a loyalty to a person, a country, a group, or devotion. And, and our first loyalty is to God. Our first loyalty is to the truth of the word of God. Regardless of what anybody says, any person, God's authority is higher and God does still have authority. So he's the owner of the earth, it says in Psalm 24. So when I heard this, I went and I looked at Zephaniah. I don't know how I got there. Can't tell you because I don't read Zephaniah every day. In fact, I had to mark it so I didn't spend all morning trying to find it. It's all three chapters. But this is what it says. First, it says there was a call to repentance. Um, There was a call to repentance because the people of God uh, had disobeyed God. And so when they disobeyed God, judgment came. Everybody say judgment came on the people. And it says in verse 6 that he's called them to repent. Now it says, uh, I want to read verse 6 and then I'm going to go backward a little bit. But it says, the seacoast shall be pastures with shelters for shepherds and folds of flocks. The coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. They shall feed their flocks there and the houses of Ashkelon, they shall lie down at evening for the Lord their God will intervene for them and return their captives. Uh, Everybody say remnant. Now, a remnant is part of something that is left when other parts are gone. I believe that there is a remnant of the church today that still believes the word of God. There's also a part of the church that has really uh, begun to to be, uh, I believe, deceived and pulled away from the truth of God under the premise of, uh, like what the president said, love wins. Well, love always wins. God is love. He won. It's over. But love is not accepting sin. 
love is loving the sinner, but it never accepts the sin. And so there is a difference. But God in his mercy, which everybody say mercy. God is merciful. It says that the seacoast shall be pastures. Now, if you put that picture up that I gave you, um, when I was in Israel, I went up on a real high hill. And really, when I read uh, this next part, it says, For Gaza will be forsaken, Ashkelon desolate, and they shall drive out Ashdod at noonday. Well, I saw all those places. In fact, we ministered in Ashdod. And so I saw them lined up on the coast. And when you stand on the coast, what you see there is I'm standing on a hill, but right below is that road, and right there is Gaza. Right down from there is Ashkelon, and right down from there is Ashdod. So when I saw this, it, what it's saying is that all of that will be uprooted, but then the seacoast, everybody say, but then the seacoast. Now, you can't really see, but you see the sky, and then you see a little line of dark blue. That's the Mediterranean because they're right on the coast. And so it says the seacoast will be pastures with shelters for shepherds and folds of flocks. And then it says the coast shall be for the remnant. That is where the supply is, on the coast, where the water is, where the supplies can be gotten to them. So God has a plan for the remnant. Everybody say he has a plan. He has a good plan for the remnant. There will be judgment on the nations, just like it said there, for Gaza, for Ashkelon, and Ashdod in that day. Now today, Gaza is uh, Palestine, but it's also where the Hamas are, and, and then Ashkelon is right next to it, and then Ashdod, and that's where, when we went in that night to preach, they said the night before, the missiles had been fired from Gaza against Ashdod, but they didn't get there. And so they said to us, don't be concerned. If something happens, your pastor there will know where the bomb shelters are. He'll take you. I thought, now this is for real preach in the Word of God, amen, where there might be uh, an attack. But I want to tell you, the greater attack is the attack against the heart of humanity. The heart of humanity has abdicated even those who have known the word. They're leaving the word. It says that there will be an exodus of people out of the out of the kingdom of God, that they will be deceived. But it also, I believe, says that in the midst of all that, God will do mighty signs and wonders. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. It says in Zephaniah 3, 9, and then, for then I will restore to the peoples a pure language that they may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. I believe that pure language there, and it says in the commentary of this, is the, the Holy Spirit and what God has given us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit to pray in other tongues. In other words, there's unity in praying in tongues where there's no unity in talking necessarily to one another or everybody praying whatever they think. And so in this, it says that to serve in one accord, everybody has to be in agreement. Everybody say agreement. That's what one accord is. And so as a body, it says in Isaiah, and I want to read this to you uh, quickly, but it's in Isaiah 10. And this is uh, the children of Israel are being attacked by the king of Assyria. But this is what it says. Uh, and it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel, Israel was always uh, in a situation where they would obey God, they would get a good king, then they would get into trouble, they would disobey God, and then God would use another nation against them to bring them back to where they needed to be. They finally would cry out to God. Everybody say, cry out to God. They would finally cry out to God. And then in that crying out to God, God would be merciful and he would rescue them. 
And, and that's the whole Old Covenant. If you read it, it's just one cycle after another. And, and covenant is a cyclic until the one we're in. There's nothing coming more. What Jesus did was the final the final security for the covenant we're in. But before that, there would be cycles of covenants. And so it says here, shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such as have escaped the house of Jacob will never again depend on him who defeated him, but will depend on the Lord. Everybody say, that's what we need to do. Will depend on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. The remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob. They're, they're going to go into bondage in Babylon. For though your people, O Israel, be the sand of the sea. Who did God say to, that you can number how many children you'll have by the sand of the, you know, in the desert? That was Abraham, you know. That, there'll be that many of them. And it goes on and it says, A remnant of them will return. The destruction decreed shall overflow with righteousness. For the Lord of hosts will make a determined end in the midst of all the land. Uh, then it goes on and it talks about, you won't be afraid of Syrians, but you will know that it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulders, his yoke from your neck. The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Everybody say anointing. Now, if you read in Isaiah 61, Jesus was Messiah or Mishak, the anointed one. Well, we have Jesus as our defender. We sang it today. Do you like that song, Mighty Warrior? I believe that's, that's what our position has to be, that we have a mighty warrior. His name is Jesus. He is the anointed one. Everybody say anointed. And when the anointed one comes, it says he will take the burden away and the yoke will be destroyed. That's why Jesus said, put my yoke upon you. My yoke is different than the yoke of the world. That yoke of the world has been broken off of you. You don't seem as excited as I am. I am excited about that because that was a yoke that in my life, I didn't know the difference. So I just followed whatever, whatever way the enemy was taking me. Do you believe the world today is following whatever way the, the, the enemy is trying to take them? But this yoke on the Christian has been broken off. That means we do not have to go that way. We do not have to go the way. The Christians of this world do not have to go the way of the world. If they choose to, they are taking off the yoke that, like the Galatian church did, of the truth of the word of God, that they've been delivered from that, and they've put back on the law. Everybody say the law. See, there's a real, if you understand covenant, there's a real difference between the old covenant, which was the law, and the new covenant, which is grace. By faith, you have been saved. That's in Ephesians chapter 2. So we are living in this grace dispensation. And the old covenant, they lived under that dispensation that was under the law. We are not under the law. That, that doesn't mean we don't obey the law. It means the law does not govern our lives. In other words, what the laws are of the land, they're not what I believe in my heart necessarily. Now, you know, I believe that we need Christians in positions so that this will stop. My nephew or my grandson said to me, well, Grandma, how do we get this stopped? Now, you know, Carter's a freshman in high school, so he's reading all this stuff. Of course, he's very social. How many of you know social media is on this? I mean, they're getting all kinds of, they're hearing all kinds of things. And uh, he was reading me a post by someone, and uh, he said, well, now what do we do? I said, well, we pray. But the Bible says we call on the name of the... Lord, and you shall be 
saved. When we run into situations that we cannot do anything about, which the law of the land says, then we pray. You know, my husband has been sounding the alarm this entire year in this church. He has been sounding the alarm. You know, when, when we came in a position where we were back in this pulpit, uh, I felt like God said, this is to do with what's coming. And Bill has a voice for what is coming. Now, that's not because he's my husband. That's because God told me so. It has nothing to do with people. has nothing to do with people's choices. It has to do with the choice of God. The body of Christ needed to be warned. Everybody say warned. The one thing that, that Franklin Graham said was, we will have to prepare for persecution. Do you think we've had messages in this church to prepare for persecution? Yes, we have. Why? Because it's coming. But that means that our God is going to be greater than the persecution. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait for what God's going to do. This is an answer to what God told me. He said, I am going to show up. I am going to show up and I am going to show up mighty in the midst of all of this. I read the old covenant because I read through the Bible every year. He always showed up mightily. I mean, in the most unusual ways. Wait till you hear the breeze in the mulberry trees. How would you like to be ready to go to battle and you're waiting on the wind to blow? Okay, where are the, you know, yeah, that's how you're going to know when to go. I mean, that is so exciting because I have no idea how to fight, but I have the word of God and the word of God is a weapon. That's what the word says. And so nothing has changed for me. In fact, this is going to be the most exciting time I ever lived. Is, when's the rapture coming? I don't know. God just told me years ago, do not be concerned about those things. Let other people think about that. Your assignment is to do what I tell you to do with signs, wonders, and miracles following. That's your assignment. So don't get off on any of the other stuff. He said, if the rapture happens, just be ready. And that means be doing what I told you to do, and then you're ready. If you want to know how to be ready, do what God told you to do. Don't sit around trying to make yourself perfect. Be doing. Everybody say, be a doer and not a hearer. Now I've gone to preaching and I'm way off my message. But that's the truth. Everybody say the truth. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke of the devil. We cannot fight what the government is doing. We cannot fight anybody in the flesh. Ephesians 6.10 says, My fight is with powers and principalities that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. How do I take them out? By being obedient to God, number one. It says, if you submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee. If you're going to allow things in your life that put you in opposition to God, you're a target. And it doesn't matter, you know, when God says forgive and you don't really want to, you better. Because if you don't, you're a target. Everybody say, I'm a target. And all the devil wants to do is take you out because you are a threat. You may say, I am no threat. Well, you are because you're born again. If you're born again, you're a threat. It's automatic. It just happens. And Jesus said, I am the anointed one. In Luke 4, 18, when he announced who he was, he, he announced Isaiah 61, which is what the prophet said that would happen. And it says, and I love this scripture because it's, it's the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed. Everybody say anointed. Now, what does the anointing do? It breaks the yoke of bondage and it lifts every burden. Do you think that the lifestyles that people are in, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or homosexuality and lesbianism, you think any of that's going to be broken because somebody made a law? Do you think abortion is going to be stopped because somebody reverses the law? 
No. What's going to stop is when the church starts rescuing people and salvation comes into the house. Amen. That's when they're lined up outside and we say, take a number. You can come back fourth service. Hallelujah. It's the truth. Now, I've gone to pen on fire. I'm so sorry. But God told me there will be a day where you will be bold. Why? Because the Spirit of God, everybody say the Spirit of God is in the house. And when the Spirit of God is in the house, people get set free. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise you, Jesus. Now, this scripture, this scripture reminds me of me because when I got saved, I was just like a crazy person because I was so mixed up. I just went from being crazy, crazy to crazy for Jesus. And I kind of scared some people. But this is what it says in Psalm 71. I have become as a wonder to many. Do people wonder about you? That is good. But you are my strong refuge to God. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. And then my favorite scripture, and this is my one for these next generations. It says, oh, God, you have taught me from my youth. And to this day, I declare your wondrous works. Now, also, when I'm old and gray headed, of course, nobody will ever see that. Oh, God, do not do not forsake me. Everybody say, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation. How many of you know that we have a generation? They call themselves millennials. I'm telling you, it's an attack of the devil who's trying to destroy them all. They do not believe right. They believe that love is letting everybody do what they want to do. And they're so hungry to be accepted. And they, 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 they're, not, they're not understanding that acceptance isn't an accepting people's sin. It's in accepting people. It is a, a, such a close deception to truth that they're not getting it. And so we have got to pray for that generation. It says, until I declare the strength of this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. I believe what Jesus can do. I believe he can deliver people. I believe that people are going to get so desperate they'll want to be delivered. But we can pray them into wanting to be delivered because we have authority. It says that anointing is on us to do what what Jesus did in Mark 16, it says, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will speak with other tongues. They will cast out devils. Do you know the problem we have is not with people. It's with the devil. It's with spirits, wicked spirits in high places. You cannot, you cannot go against them. If you're living in a part of your life with them. Can I say that again? That's why the church is going to become without spot or wrinkle. Because the only way to win in this one is to be a church without spot or wrinkle. What does that mean? I don't care what I want to do. I will obey the word of God. Because I want to be in a position where I can help other people be set free. The way God set me free. Does that make sense? So God said, what's going to happen in the last days? He told me this not very long, in the very, well, way back there. He said, righteousness will go by the wayside because everybody's going to be focused on sin. Well, the righteousness of God is through Christ Jesus, not in laws, even from the pulpit that say you have to do this, are going to do it. What's going to do it? The power of the love of God. And so the devil is making a play on that word love. He's trying to get it to work for him, but it won't work. 
Everybody say it won't work. Love did not win the other day. What, love, what that love did was keep people in a horrible bondage that will destroy their life. Just like my uncle who is an alcoholic. These are lifestyles. Lifestyles of sin destroy people's life. The end of sin is death. Is death. And so we have the power. Everybody say, we have the power. We have the power. Um, I just need to give you how much time? Do I? Oh, good. I got a few minutes. You guys got some time. I'll give you what God gave me. Okay. Zechariah. Zechariah, it says this word wonder means, um, and, and that's what you are. Say, I'm a sign and a wonder. That, that's what you are, a sign and a wonder to you and your children, it says, will be a sign and a wonder. Everybody say, I take that promise. Say that, say this, me and my children will be a sign and a wonder in this earth to the power of God. That's the truth. That's what the word says. You say it's not the way they look. That doesn't matter. A miracle sign, token, or wonder where God mentions the wonders that Moses performed. How, how many of you are ready to, to turn the water into wine? Hallelujah. Now, I didn't say we're going to drink it. We're just going to turn it in. <laughs> You can drink it if God tells you. I don't care. Uh, and, and this is what it says. Uh, I have become a wonder to many, Psalm 71.1. And Ezekiel is described as a sign to the house of Israel. Everybody say a sign. And Israel was in a horrible mess when Ezekiel was a prophet. But he became a sign. Now, in Colossians chapter 1, and this is where it becomes what you and I have to become. Uh, next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach on fierce loyalty. Everybody say fierce loyalty. That, that is the bottom line of where we're going to have to be. Fierce loyalty, starting with God. And uh, I praise God for the young people in our church. They are fiercely loyal. That, that team up here that worships, they are fiercely loyal to the things of God. And, uh, and they're all young men, and, and they're all, we, we have a lot of young men. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you believe we need a resurrection of men who love God in our country. I'm believing for it. Ed Cole tried to do it years ago. Uh, it's, it's, it's the devil's target. But it says in Colossians uh, in 1.24, and it's Paul speaking, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. Paul was persecuted, horribly persecuted his entire ministry of which I became a minister according to the stewardship. Everybody say stewardship from God, which was given to me to fulfill the word of God. The mystery, which was, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, to them. God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery. This mystery would be Christ among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everybody say, Christ in me. Now, if, if what Zephaniah was saying was this pure language that would come in one accord and they would call upon the name of the Lord, I believe that's the church that is spoken of right here. Everybody say, stewardship. We do not have ownership of anything. I mean, you may think you own something, but when you die, 
and none of that is going with you. So we really don't have ownership. We have stewardship of things that God puts in our possession for us to use for his glory in the earth. And so that stewardship, Paul recognized, was for him to fulfill the word of God. In other words, God had equipped him and given him stewardship over things that he would be able to do that would give the word of God to people. Do you believe Paul did that? I mean, he wrote uh, nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. So th- this this is something that God did. That wasn't what he did, the road to Damascus. God just blinded him for a, a short period to what well, just to get his attention, just to get his attention. And when he did, he filled him with the power of the Holy Spirit, and he brought him into a new way, the living way, the Bible says. And when he entered into that, he had an assignment to the Gentiles. What is your assignment today? Who in the world has God assigned you to? What in the world has God assigned you to? You know, um, I asked them uh, yesterday, uh, everybody give Megan a hand back there. She just is a, she is Wonder Woman back there. I called her and I said, uh, I want, uh, I, in fact, I thought my husband would be preaching today, so I was a little surprised that it was me. But it said, uh, he gave a three-part series on Wednesday nights that says, what if? Everybody say, what if? And there are three messages in here that I said to her, I want to give them to whoever wants them in the church tomorrow. Now, we have 25 of them made over there, but we can make more. And, and we'll make them available all this week. But all of you, if you don't, some people don't go online. But if you like to have a CD to listen to, you need to have these messages. And, and so what if America, they're all about what if America. You can answer the question yourself. We're not here to tell people what to believe. We're here to tell people you need to know what God told you to believe. Do you understand that? I mean, I'm helping you today to know what I believe the Word of God says, but you need to go find out what the Word of God says to you. So who who have you been sent into the earth to influence for the kingdom of God? Because now is a critical time. If you haven't done it, this is the time. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. <laughs> this is the time. The mighty men, it says in Joel. Wake up the mighty men. It, and here in Colossians, he goes on and says, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And to this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. In other words, he's trying to do what God gave him to do according to the power that works in him. What's that power? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. And so he's saying, I'm doing this. In Romans 5, uh, 18, it talks about reigning in this life. We reign in this life. It said, if sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So we're to reign in this life. If Christ is in us, the hope of glory, first of all, it's to reign in this life. Secondly, it says in Revelations 22 that we'll reign forever with him in heaven. So everybody say, I'm in control. You are in control of your destiny with God. Nobody else is in charge. You are. And you are reigning over powers and principalities in the earth. You know, my daughter yesterday, uh, I think, she, uh, now really, she didn't lose her mind, but close. She went and got a dog. Now, they have four kids, and she got a dog. You know, this one dog she got years ago, his name was Max. He was growing while we were there. I mean, he was, uh, what's that biggest kind of dog you can get? He's gigantic, St. Bernard. And uh, they had a new baby. They, they had two other kids. They, they, they were just behind all the t- I mean, always, you know, like two steps trying to catch up. And they went, and we looked at this big 
pool full of those dogs. And they wanted one because Joey had had one as a young boy. Well, he forgot that his mother took care of it, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So we got a baby hanging. We got kids everywhere, and we get a dog that grows by the minute. Honest to goodness, that dog did. I mean, every time you blinked, he got bigger. I mean, he, he, was, he lived there until he jumped the fence, tore down the Christmas tree, and Mickey was going, tick, tick. and if you hurt Mickey, you are out of that house. That's all I'm telling So they got a dog. Now, you know, they've added another dimension to their life. But I know, I know that this is not going to last a long time because they, they don't have dominion over that dog yet. And Lori said to me, Mother, the most calm thing in my house is that dog. I thought you're in big trouble because that dog ain't going to be calm very long. You know, the things that are happening in the earth today, they're going to keep, they're going to keep expanding. They're going to, this isn't going to end. Everybody say it's not going to end. Abortion. I remember when divorce became, anybody can get a divorce just because they don't want to be married anymore. That's how I got divorced. So I know about that one. It came in about the time I got divorced, 1974. Then we had no uh, abortion got approved now we're into this do you think it's going to stop here it's not going to stop here so we are going to have to get a grip and we're going to have to make a decision that we reign everybody say we reign you know you may you may reign over a little dog for a little while but when a dog gets gigantic you may not reign as well you're, you're going to have to be prepared and you're going to have to train that dog in order to get it to, to do what you want it to do we have to be trained to know what to do in the situations we're going to be in. And it's through the power of the word of God, not by what we hear people saying. Everybody say allegiance to the cause. In Mark, it says, uh, and this is, uh, next week we'll talk about loyalty, but this is what it says. Uh, allegiance is loyalty to a person or a country or a group. And this is what, uh, I think it was Peter who said this, actually, to, yeah, it was Peter who said to Jesus, um, we've left all and followed you. And Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, there is no one who has left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive. Everybody say, shall not receive. Who shall not receive a hundredfold. Is that a promise or what? Are, are you concerned about what you're going to have? Get this scripture and put it on your refrigerator. It says you haven't done any. You may have left these things, but you, sh you shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with, with, with persecutions in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Romans 1 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And then it finishes with, and the just shall live by faith. We are not under the law, folks. And we didn't begin under the law, and we can't finish under the law. It says in Galatians, and I'm going to close with this, it's in Galatians 3. It says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, which would be the word of God? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? There's all kinds of laws going to be made. If this continues and the rapture doesn't come, this is not the end. This country uh, is, is on a course of destruction. 
And unless God intervenes, there will be no change. But no matter whether we see God intervene the way we want him to or not, we still have the victory. Do do you understand that? See, that's, that's what has to happen here. The body of Christ cannot become panicked. The body of Christ cannot start getting angry. The body of Christ cannot say, well, you know, wipe them all out. The disciples said that to Jesus, and he said, you don't even know who I am. This isn't about wiping out people. This is about wiping out powers and principalities that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. And it's late, like my husband says, but it's not too late. It's never too late to take the devil out. And so it goes on and it says, are you so foolish? Haven't begun in the spirit. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles, everybody say miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? By the hearing of faith. Can people be delivered? Has that changed? Just because somebody said it's okay to live in sin, that doesn't have anything to do with this. Is the church going to be the church or is the church going to be a bunch of wusses who sit down and say, look at us, poor us, look what they've done. I'm telling you, there's going to be persecution. I've already been persecuted many times for what I believe. Have you been persecuted? I mean, that's, that's not going to. But what has to happen is we have to become stronger in faith than we are that the persecutions cannot stop us. And then it says, yeah, it says he who supplies the spirit to you. That means he gives it to you and works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. We started this service with miracles are still in the house. The supernatural is here and we are blessed to be a blessing. And that's who we are. We are not, we are not first Americans. We are first Christians. We will always be Christians forever and ever. We will reign with Christ still Christ Christians, Christians, those who believe that Jesus is the Lord of Lords. And the king of kings. So we will always be that. I'm an American. While I'm in the earth, I'm an American. I can tell you there is nothing more rewarding than going through immigration, coming back to this nation. Nothing. I mean, when you hit that place and they say, okay, you can come in. That's the best. Because there's no nation like America. Thank God for other nations, but there is no nation like the United States of America. And so when you, when you see things being said, don't, don't ever curse America. It says, for as many are the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Isn't that funny? It's cursed if you're under the law, if you try to do everything that's written in the book. But it says, no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Father, I thank you for every person here today. I thank you that we have not been decreased. But my Bible says that we have been put in a position to fight. And Lord, forgive us for our ignorance in the past as a church. 
as a church body. Lord, I didn't, uh, I didn't even know. I cannot even remember when the abortion situation happened. I remember it happening, but I don't remember being that troubled over it. So forgive me. But I am awake. And I do know what the Word of God says. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I pray that over all of you today in Jesus name that your boldness will be that God can set you free. That your boldness will be that Jesus loves you. And he has a place for you. And he has a destiny for you. And there's people waiting for you. There are people waiting for you to be who God's called you to be in that situation in your life. I'd just like you to bow your heads. And I, and I want to ask you this question. If you're here today, you've never received Jesus. If the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. And if that's you and you say, I, I, I've, I've known the Lord, but I haven't been walking with him, then I want to pray for you today that, that as you return to him, that he will become your help. If you're here today and say, I've never really given Jesus the authority to be the ruler over my life. I've never said, come into my heart and take control of my life. That's what the Bible says. We confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is Lord. We, we invite him. We make an invitation for him to become the Lord of our life. And if that's you, you say, I've never done that. I had never done that. I was in church all my life, but I had never really received Christ in my life. I knew about him, but I had never invited him to take over my life. It's very important today that you do not leave without knowing Jesus. So if that's you and you're here, say, I just need to make it right today. Would you lift your hand? Because I want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Then the other question I have, are there things in your life that you need God to help you with so you'll be prepared for the battle that we're facing? Not just in, in this nation, but... People are facing it in their families. People are facing it with their children, with their grandchildren. The battles that we're going to face, we have to be right with God 
in our life. And sometimes there are things in our life that we struggle with. I've had things in my life that I've had to have God help me to, to set aside. And I mean, I still have to help him have his help every day to walk the way I should walk. Because there's situations and circumstances that just almost take your breath away. And, and there's things that we want to do, things we want to say that God, God doesn't want us to say and do. He has things he wants us to say, but not the thing we want to say. And if that's you today, say, I, I need God to help me with a few things in my life that I need to, I really need some help. And, and, and I need him to give me, give me understanding, give me words. Yeah. He sees your hand. He, he will help you. It says that when you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. That's from whatever is trying to hold you down or keep you from your purpose, your destiny. Let's just all say this, Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me, that I might live for him. So today, I surrender my life, every area of my life, to you. I thank you that you have made me mighty, even when I don't feel mighty. Your word says that I am mighty in you. Help me to see what you see. Not what I see, but what you see. Help me to be all you've created me to be. For this hour, for my family, for friends, for co-laborers, people I work with, wherever I am, let my light be your light. Let my words have your anointing. Let my light so shine that people will see it and they will come to you. That's my prayer. Protect our nation and give us wisdom. We will not be silent. I will pray and I will speak according to your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's give God praise. Our God is a mighty warrior. Amen. We serve a mighty God.